Come up here, man. They, uh, <clears throat> they, um, the second, uh, the second chapter of the book of Philippians is involved here. Theft and deceit are names. Their names. Victory by fraud is a name. That's correct. But at the name of Jesus, that name, which is above every name that's named, names in heaven, names in the earth, and names in hell, that name, that name, fraud and deceit and theft, and an attempt to destroy this nation, bow your knee bow to the name of Yeshua. Yes. Bow. bow your knee. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We declare that it's so. Yes, sir. Amen. Oh, I love you. I tell you, I love you. Go ahead and be seated, please. <clears throat> cross he bore the crowd stood by and they watched this man they'd heard him preach before no one could ever be worthy of such love I'd never find when he was on the cross I was on his mind the look of love was on his face thorns on his head the blood that stained his scarlet robe had stained it crimson red his eyes were on that crowd that day yet he looked ahead in time when he was on the cross he had me on his mind He knew me, yeah, he loved me, he whose glory makes the heavens shine, no one's worthy of such mercy when he was on the cross he had me on his mind 
when he was on the cross I was on his mind he Give him praise this morning. Give him praise. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Thanks, guys. David Ellis, Jake, you something else, brother. <laughs> Jacob Smith. David's been, been with me for a little over 25 years, and Jacob's been with me seven, good solid seven years. Yeah, hey, man, you... It seemed like 10. <laughs> Jacob Smith, glory to God. Hey, they're the best. They're the best. Give them, give them your love. <laughs> when I was a little boy, I was just a little guy. And I come to this country. Oh, this is a nice place. I like this place, man. Oh, yeah. He take me to this big place, eh? It was a big place where they play baseball. I love to play baseball. And these are lovely people in this place. They're so kind to me. They stand up in a place and say, Oh, say, can you see? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Sometimes, when you come this far north, <laughs> you have to tell somebody what a redneck is. 
But now wait, it, yeah, I'll hold it just a minute. <laughs> Way down, Georgia. Remind me of old song, Rainy Night in Georgia. <laughs> well, they want them rainy nights in Georgia. Nasty night. And the trooper sitting out there on the side of the road, almost come near time to go home. Sure enough time to be to home tonight. Cold out here. Mm. That won't be but a little while. It's gonna be quitting time. I'm gonna go to house. Sure enough gonna go to house. Mm-hmm. About that time that old raggedy pickup. That redneck. <laughs> Gotta be. Turn on his whistle and his little light. Wah! Just pull him over. He rolled down the window. You got any ID? He said, about what? <laughs> well, <you know. laughs> well, you know, Mark Hankins allowed to show up in here any day, and I, <laughs> I got to stay right ahead of him. <laughs> Mary Hart does good like a medicine. It's a good thing. Now, if you would, please, open your Bibles to the book of James. Nehemiah 8, 10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. James chapter 1, half brother of Jesus, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations or tests, temptations, tests, or trials. Count it all joy. How do you count it all joy? Joy to people who, who don't know the Word, don't know the Word of God. And, and, you know, joy just means, you know, they equate it with happiness and happiness with joy. No, 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 no. Joy is a spiritual force. It is the second fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy. Now, of the nine fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, the Spirit of God said through the Apostle Paul, against those 
nine forces, there is no law. Satan has no defense for joy. <clears throat> he has no defense for it. There's not anything he can do. See, he's a zero. The scripture said he's been brought to naught. He's a zero. He's been stripped, defeated. He has nothing left but a bluff and a lie. <clears throat> Years ago, I first came to Omaha. And the Hilton was new, what is now the Doubletree, was, was, was new. And, <laughs> oh dear God, I, I, I can just see it as like, just in my mind, it's so bright. And, and uh, <clears throat> we came here, Jerry Savelle back there then was with me, and this was before Jerry started preaching in the meetings, but he was preaching uh, on his own, but he was, he was working with me full time back there then. And uh, it was, <laughs> Hank, the Hilton was, was pretty new back there then. And it was the only place in town with, with a room large enough to do what we needed to do. And uh, <clears throat> a man here that <clears throat> just a oh, powerful man of God. And uh, <laughs> he was in the salvage business. And somebody gave him a, a tape of mine and wanted him to listen to that. I don't, I don't have time to listen to a preacher. I, I don't need to do that. And, and his routine was to uh, go in and sit down and, and make himself a drink and, until he got sleeping and go to bed. <laughs> and so this particular evening he had done that. And he was sitting there listening to that tape, about time to go to bed. And I preached a message on what Satan saw on the day of Pentecost, what happened from the cross to the throne. And he said, you mean to tell me Jesus went to hell for me? You mean to tell me he went to hell for me? And just sobered him up right then. Well, anyway, he had a man working for him in his business now that <clears throat> had been delivered from, from alcohol. He, was, he had been homeless and living out here in the, you know, in the, the uh, uh, Western Pacific's boneyard, those old freight cars and stuff. And he'd been living out there and, 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 uh, and he got delivered. So we came in here then for that meeting. And so he, he, he just went out there and started witnessing. Well, and he'd get three or four or five of them out and, and bring them to the hotel. <laughs> We're, they're sitting out in the lobby of this, this new hotel. <laughs> And the hotel manager came to Brother, to Brother Jerry and said, 
Uh, Mr. Savell, is there some place you could get these people to sit? <laughs> anyway, man, I'm telling you, and, and, and guys were just getting saved and healed, and, and it was just amazing. And there was one in particular that I wanted to tell you about. <clears throat> he was one of the very first ones. And uh, he, homeless, living out there in an old freight car. And he came in there. <clears throat> so, man, I mean, it, he, just, he just came alive. And uh, so he, he came up to have hands laid on him. I, I said, what's your name? He said, my name's Bill. And uh, Bill Hamilton, I think it was. But anyway, Bill. And I said, okay, Bill, what do you want? And so I laid hands on him. And we went several services there. And then he came back down then for prayer over something else. He walked up there. And so I stepped off the platform. We had just kind of a little makeshift platform. wasn't about that high. And I stepped down there. I said, uh, Bill, you're looking good. What, what can I do for you? He said, you remembered my name. I said, well, yeah, man, you're my brother. You remembered my name. He said, I don't need anything. <laughs> and we were having a lot of people. So I preached that message one night. Now, now this happened in the same night that what I'm about to tell you. I'm about halfway through it. Jesus has, Jesus is in hell. And, and he's defeated the devil. And, it, and by the Spirit of God, I said, I said, Jesus just made him bow. And he took his keys away from him. And he said, I have the keys of hell and death. Bill jumped up back there and said, Give him hell, preacher, the horseman's still with you. <laughs> the horseman's still with you. So that night, <laughs> when <laughs> the service was over, people were going out the front there, and they had a revolving door right out, and it was a big crowd, and it took a while to get everybody out. And so, <clears throat> going, crowding into that revolving door, Bill was, had just come up to the door, and somebody behind him said, Ah, that Copeland ain't nothing but a fake. Like all the rest of them, he's just a fake. So the, the, the door went by, and Bill just waited. <laughs> and so he walked out and got a little bit, and bam, I mean, <laughs> Bill decked him and sat down on him and got his by the collar he said ain't nobody nobody talks about my preacher like that you understand i didn't mean it i didn't mean it well you didn't mean it y'all not have said it you understand 
we had a good time right here in Omaha. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Count it all joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So how, how do you do that? I learned this many, many years ago. First of all, from a dear brother Hagen, my mentor in the faith, and Oral Roberts, my father in the faith, and then just a little while after uh, I, I enrolled, I stepped into the perfect will of God on December the 6th, 1966. I turned 30 years old. And um, I can answer a question for you. Brother Copeland, do you put anything on your hair? <laughs> yes, I do. The word first, water, and hairspray. Well, why aren't you gray? I talked to it. Now, I didn't care anything about talking to my beard because I, I don't like a beard to start with. My beard's white. What does that make? I cut it off. <laughs> I started talking to it way, way back there when I had, I started saying, hair, oh, let, let, let me teach you something here. Bless and curse. Pastor mentioned it. Blessing and cursing. Life, death. Choose life. How do you choose life? You choose words of life. Yes. Yes. I dare say, most of the time, man walks up and looks in the mirror. Now, James talked about this. You look in the mirror. Why is it, why is it you walk away from the mirror? Everybody in here looked in the mirror this morning. But why did, why did he say, be a doer of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self? For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man, manner he was. Why? Because he didn't, he, he didn't intend and make a point to remember what he saw in that mirror. How many of you in here have any idea how long your nose is? <laughs> now you looked in the mirror this morning. How come you don't know how long your nose is? In inches? Either one. Two inches. Good. <laughs> Did you measure it? You're guessing. <laughs> That's a good guess, though. <laughs> well, when I, I mean, I, I, when the Lord first showed me this, I just had to find out. So I measured my nose. You don't ever forget it once you've measured it. <laughs> Amen. Well, 
most people. Just, just doing and saying, not realizing you're a product of what you say. Because what you have today is what you said yesterday. If you want to change what's in your life, then you better change what you're saying. <clears throat> whether, whether you're a believer or not, that doesn't make any difference. These are laws. These are spiritual laws and they work. Somebody said, well, I'll tell you one thing, Hank, that saying stuff don't work for me. It just did. It just did. And every time you say it, you continue to have what you say. So, I, and, and I read where Jesus said, the hairs on my head are numbered. Well, my lightning fast mind grabbed a hold of the fact that Jesus does not say loose words. No, he doesn't. So I said, I, I began to look in that mirror. Most would look in that mirror and say, golly, I'm a losing my hair. My hair's kind of ugly anyway. Golly. Dang. Man, I'm ugly. So you have what you say. <laughs> well, I learned not to do that. So I speak to it. Amen. And I've been talking to it. Had a conversation with it this morning. Just look in that mirror and say, glory to God. Hair grow. Dark brown. Thick be. No bald spots. Dead hair follicles live and not die and be a witness and a testimony to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Begin to talk to it and speak to it and, and, uh, Always aware that you are a living witness to faith. Amen. The same laws that govern faith govern fear. We know that fear was originally Adam's faith. Fear is the reciprocal of faith. Fear is faith. Fear in a dangerous animal to hurt you. That's faith in that animal's ability to hurt you. You know, I've spent almost 60 years flying airplanes, and, and so I relate things to that. Well, the, the compass rose as here's north, the south, think about it, I'm headed north, what happens when I repent? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's that simple. Amen. Amen. So that I'm walking in faith. COVID-19. I got it. Get out COVID-19. I believe God. Now I don't have COVID-19. Same thing is true. Jesus said, narrow is the way. It's the love walk. That's the very narrow way. Faith works by love. Amen. It's impossible to please God without faith. That's one of the reasons we preach and teach faith. It's impossible to please anybody without faith. Yeah, Hank, get up some morning and walk up to Brenda and smile. Say, sweetheart, I just love you. I just don't believe anything you say. <laughs> Duck when you say it. <laughs> I just can't trust you. Yeah, you see what I'm see what I'm saying? So the the words of our mouths words are containers. Words never were meant to be primarily communication. Words carry faith. Words carry love. Words carry worry and problems. These are spiritual laws. By what law? By the law of faith. So, when you're faith filled words dominate the laws of sin and death. Amen. Faith-filled words created this universe. Joy-filled words dominate the forces of the devil. Amen. Dr. Avery Johnson III, powerful man of faith. One of the most powerful neurosurgeons in the world. Raised in Keith Butler's church in Detroit. Knew he, knew he was going to be a brain surgeon by the, by the time he was eight years old. Said so. Everybody said, well, that's fine, little boy. You know. No, he said, that's what I'm going to be. He heard the Lord say it. And he's the most disciplined man I ever met in my life. Now, he lives what is considered a sedentary lifestyle because he may stand in one, one, one place for seven or eight hours doing brain surgery. 
He said this to me. He said, Brother Copeland, I, I can't afford to be in strife. I can't afford to be in, not be in good health. He said, I can't afford that. I can't afford to let my words get away from me because I could hurt somebody or maybe kill them. So what does he do? He gets, he gets all of his exercise in. He comes through the door. He greets his wife doing jumping jacks. <laughs> to get all of his exercise in. He does push-ups and pull-ups. <laughs> he, 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 why? Because he is completely by faith dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has called him to do. And he called him to do it by faith. Amen. Amen. To keep that body, to keep it strong, keep his mind vibrant. Amen. Amen. Because Jesus is Lord. And he said this. I heard him say it uh, in, in, a, in, in teaching there at uh, Brother Butler's church in Detroit. And then questioned him about it later. And like I said, he's the, the newest member on our, our board of directors there at uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministry. Now, he said that it has been scientifically proven that laughter is... a deterrent to pain. Now he said at John Hop, Johns Hopkins, John Hop, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Hopkins University, they have proven it. And they have people that lead in laughter. They lead in laughter. And they'll say, I don't have anything to laugh about. And they'll say, that, that's all right. You just, you just go ahead. That your, that your physical brain and body cannot tell the difference between a put-on laugh and a real belly laugh. It works. And like I said, a merry heart does good like a medicine. So the joy of the Lord is our strength. So how do we count it all joy? Well, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, be har, har. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody now, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha on that devil. Ha, ha, 
what did the devil say? The devil said, you're not going to get your healing. Ha, ha, ha. I don't have to get my healing. 2,000 years ago, Jesus got it for me. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 said that Joe Biden is president. Ha! 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 Yeah. 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 Ha! 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 Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be president. Mickey Mouse is going to be king. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> now, I learned the power of this when uh, in 2004, right after the Believers uh, Convention in 2004, very, it was a really uh, hard convention, and uh, a lot of oh, just a lot of stress and and so forth. And Sunday morning after that meeting, I was just in, yeah, what? <laughs> and I, I won't go into all of all of all the details of it, but. I, oh, I was just standing there under a hot shower, and I had, I had just stepped into my shower and pitched my washcloth over there and on the little bench, and it fell off on the floor. Man. Had I turned this way to pick it up, would have been one thing. I didn't. I turned and a disc exploded in my back. It knocked me in the floor of that shower. I shouted with all of my might, praise God! I couldn't get up. Couldn't get out of the floor, I crawled out. Amen. My first, first thing that came out of my mouth was praise. And if you don't put the praise in there, it's not coming out. Well, I don't go into but pain like I'd never experienced in my life. Just horrible, terrible pain. But I just started praising God. I put two, that sciatic nerve of my left side. Man, I'm telling you, it, it is awful. And so I had two, I took two heating pads and wrapped them around my, my left leg and, and tied them with a couple of old uh, robe sashes, you know, and turned the heat up just as loud as I could. Yeah, loud. 
just as loud as I could. Because one pain counteract the other one. <laughs> and I'm sitting out there in the backyard, man, with my, 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 my leg up, shouting, Glory to God! Hallelujah! God, I want to thank you for the grass. I want to thank you for the green trees. I want to thank you for the birds that fly over my head. My, left, my right leg doesn't hurt me at all. Glory to God. It's just the left one. I've got two of them. My toes don't hurt. Don't fixate on some problem. Give God praise and thank him. Count it all joy. Glory to God. Ha, 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 ha. Just praise and worship and count it all joy. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have anything to laugh about. Well, go look in the mirror. These are, these, these are basic fundamentals of spiritual laws. And people understand the laws of physics that they work. They're predictable. Well, the laws of the spirit were here a long time before any physical matter was even created. Amen. Amen. It's amazing to me. And as I said earlier this morning, I've been flying airplanes for a long time, and, and I learned later that, that I was, it was just, it was just there in me since I was a little boy, and and, and then I learned that the Lord had called me, that aviation was part of this ministry, and, and, and I was to use it and to further the gospel. And, and there was a time when preachers didn't think they were supposed to have a new car, much less an airplane. Had one, I had a guy ask me, say, Copeland, I'd like to know what you're doing with an airplane. I said, to go fast. He said, well, I have special arrangement with American Airlines. And uh, I just, you know, just really riding me the ride, reading me the act. Now I said, mm-hmm. He said, and I spent, you know, this didn't cost me but $25,000. This is back, this is Back when 25000 is like 100000 now, or close. But it cost me but $25,000. I have this special deal. I said, huh, you bought an airplane didn't get it. <laughs> he said, well, <laughs> why is it that all of a sudden a preacher gets an airplane and everybody... <laughs> Wants to blindside you. What would you do if you're the devil? His, I'm telling you, the, the thing that just gnaws on him worse than anything he can think of is a preacher with money 
that has no debts and God tells him to get an airplane and you get it and pay for it. He can't stand that. Why does he hate this country so bad? I'll tell you why he hates this country. Because there's more gospel coming out of this nation than any nation on the face of the earth. It's a thousand times more than anybody else. That's why. That's exactly why. That's the reason he hates preachers that have airplanes. But now you think back on your life and you can see where God was leading you out of just a little boy and um, I was born December the 6th, 1936 and, and on uh, Pearl Harbor Day I had turned five years old the day before. And uh, so I remember a lot, a lot about World War II. I was in grade school in World War II. And, and anyway, right up, up close to the end of the war, when they've, they had all civilian airplanes grounded until they realized that, you know, there's nobody coming over here. So then they released uh, c civil aviation to a degree. And there was a, I, I was raised in Abilene, Texas. And uh, so a man called my dad and uh, he said there was, uh, there was a Wooten Furniture Company was there in Abilene. And uh, he said, uh, we've been, uh, we've got Mr. Wooten's airplane out and we've been, we've checked it out and everything. And and, but today we're going to go up and fly it around a little while and like to know if you and your boy would like to go. He said, well, sure. Ah. Oh. <laughs> now, if you remember the airplane that Amelia Earhart flew was a Lockheed. First a Lockheed 10, then a Lockheed 12. Mr. Wooten had a Lockheed like hers. And we went out there, and he put me up in the right front seat. And he said, don't you touch a thing. <laughs> he could see it in my face. Man, look at all this. Oh. Well, we flew around the city bright, pretty day. We flew around the city and came back and the door got stuck. And they couldn't get the door open. I got another 20 minutes sitting there. Just... <laughs> so my dad and I are walking away. I'm just walking across the tarmac there. And I stopped. And I turned loose of his hand and I, I said, I said, Daddy, I'm going to do that. He said, what? I said, I'm going to fly airplanes. Wow. Wow. My dad said, you can do that. You can do that. I said it. Amen. I believed it with all my heart. I said it. 
and it eventually came to pass. And I eventually flew Oral Roberts' airplane. Glory to God. Always remember this. When you live and walk by faith, you never have to change your lifestyle to meet the times. Whatever God calls you to do, He already has provided for that. Case in point. Because of 10 unbelieving preachers, Israel spent 40 years on a journey that would take 11 days to walk it. Then, <laughs> Joshua knew better than to send out more than two so, because he and Caleb were the ones that came back with a good report. So he sent out two. Now, remember what Rahab said? Where have you been? I'll paraphrase. She said, we, we heard about what your God did at the Red Sea, and our hearts melted in us. Now, because they didn't live and walk by faith, God, had, God already had this all worked out and planned out. He already had it fixed. They gave the devil 40 years to repair it. They could have walked in there without firing a shot. They gave him a whole biblical generation to regroup. Just because they wouldn't walk by faith. So I couldn't figure out, you know, I, I knew I was supposed to go to ORU and and. Man, I'm telling you, Gloria and I was so broke we couldn't pay attention. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it just, I said, Gloria, we get up there and we're going to starve out. She said, I've got these two little kids, we're just going to starve out. She said, Kenneth, we're starving now. We might as well starve in the will of God is out. Yeah, you know, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, I uh, wish I had time to tell you that old story, but I don't. Anyway, I, what am I going to do? I, I'm, I'm in a, I, I could go to the airport and get me a job flying. But then I can't go to school. If I go to school, I can't go get a job. What in the world am I going to do? Well, I thought, so the next day, I, I went to register. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so I was so thrilled. I, I, I'm, I'm registered and and, and I, I thought, and the woman's typing out my bill, and I didn't have any money. And I, I thought, uh, Mrs. Campbell, uh, may I make a collect call? She said, sure, dial mine. She's just typing away. And so I couldn't think of anybody calling but my dad. I called him collect, and he said, where are you? I said, I'm in the registrar's office at ORU. 
He said, I've been trying to find you all morning. He said, Eddie Matthews came by here. That's when he was, my dad was secretary of the Fort Worth chapter of the Fort Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. And Eddie was part of that chapter. And he said, he just dropped off a check here and said, uh, this is for Kenneth. I said, oh, that's good. <laughs> how much is it? And he told me how much it was. And it paid my fees. And it paid for a quarter. And when I got done, I had about 15 cents. I thought, well, I'll just go home and go and I'll get some candy and we'll go broke. So... <laughs> I'm so excited, man. I'm a student. Gloria said I was the oldest freshman in the world. 30-year-old freshman. But now, wait a minute. God already had all this all planned out. So I walked out of the LRC there, the Learning Resource Center, and, and my feet stuck to the floor. I said, Lord, what is it? He said, go up to the sixth floor. Now, they had, they had warned us about going up there because that's administration up there, you know. I said, Lord, I can't do that. I said, that's the Vatican up there. I, don't, <laughs> I can't go. He said, they work for me. You go up there. And my feet turned loose. So I got in the elevator now, this is first year of ORU, 1967. First graduating class was that year. And I couldn't do it. I got on the elevator, and I punched the fifth floor. <laughs> and the door opened. Well, it's the library now, but it, that, the library wasn't in. Just a great, huge, empty room. He said, I said the sixth floor. So here goes. Well, that door opened. Now, I hadn't, I hadn't been up there at that time. And uh, it, looked, it looked like this long way to Ruth Rook's bed. But you know, I didn't know who she was then. She was or the, only, the only secretary that Oral Roberts ever had. One of the sweetest people I have ever known in my life. Anyway, I, of course, I didn't know who she was. So, now remember, God already has a plan in motion. I walked up there. I had no idea. Gene, I had no earthly idea what I'm going to say. I don't know you have what you say. I never heard that. I walked up there. I wanted out of there so bad. But I got away with it because I was, you know, I was 30 years old. They didn't, they didn't take me for a student. <laughs> I said, uh, my name's Kenneth Copeland, and I just registered as, as a student here. And, and I know this ministry uses an airplane and uh, I'm a commercially rated pilot, and I need all the help I can get. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I wanted out of there. I turned around. 
Oral Roberts had walked up behind me. Well, he's that much taller than I am. He's about six, three and a half. I, I just turned around and, and there he was. He said, uh, I'm Oral Roberts. I really did this. I'm not putting on. I said, ha 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 I've said this before, and I don't know a better way to put it. He might as well have said, I'm God. Who are you? <laughs> he said, I understand you say that you're a commercially rated pilot. I said, yes, sir. Can you handle our airplane? I said, yes, sir. He said, two weeks ago, I started to hire a new co-pilot, but the Spirit of God said, no, I have a man coming, a student coming that's supposed to have the job, and you're my man. Um, and he said, call, call Brother DeWeese and tell him I found our new co-pilot. My job was waiting on me all the time. It wasn't at the airport. It was in the Learning Resource Center of Oral Roberts University. It was there all the time. First partner meeting I was ever in. They, <laughs> that began a relationship with Oral Roberts that lasted and just a precious relationship until he went home to be with the Lord. And um, <laughs> he, uh, uh, oh, there's so many things I'd, I'd like to tell you about it, but it's, it's so necessary to live and walk by faith, trusting God all the time. Trust Him all the time. Day in, day out, trust Him when you go to sleep. I never use an alarm clock. I haven't for years. When I go to sleep, I have this little routine that I do. And uh, I just, first of all, I tell Gloria how much I love her, and, and uh, she's the first person in my life that ever loved me unconditionally. And, and uh, I asked her to marry me on the first date, and she said, okay, and just went in the house. <laughs> she said, later, where do you want a speech? <laughs> and uh, she, she said, when she got in the house, she said, what have I done? I don't even know this guy. Oh, well, I'll get out of it later. <laughs> Well, next April we will have been married 59 years and she's not out of it yet. So, anyway, my first partner service, I, I really didn't know what a partner was, but he read out of the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul's partner letter. And, uh, he, they, they, the first time I was in the invalid room, um, where very, very, very sick, you know, big crowds make people that are really, really sick, very nervous. And uh, they, they, they said to me, now, you, you go to the invalid room and you outline his message coming through the loudspeakers there. And then you prepare 
you're going to have about five to seven minutes because he's going to stop. They had a little, well, it was just about as big as this little, little uh, podium. And this black curtain that went around it. And in that curtain, he would go out and preach and then give them an invitation and, and lead the people in prayer, turn them over to Bob DeWeese, and who was my boss. He was captain of the airplane. I flew co-pilot with him. And, uh, and then he would take, he had all of his partners on microfish. Man, anybody old enough remember what microfish? And they're on film about like this. And, and he had all of his partner's names on that microfish. And, and he would hold his partners and, and he, would, he would pray over his partners under that anointing. And then he would come in to the invalid room. So I always wanted to do that. Well, I, instead of microfish, I have a USB. And so I carry my partners in my pocket. Hallelujah. And I just know that they're right here all the time. Glory to God. Now, that first partner service. Now, like I said, God has it prepared, right? And by then, I'm, I'm, and I'm traveling with Brother Hagin. I'm, I'm with uh, Brother Roberts. I'm listening to Brother Hagin, and, and I'm, 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 I'm watching Oral Roberts use his faith like a mechanic uses a tool, and I'm listening to Brother Hagin tell me what it is and how to do it. And I mean, I'm, my faith was just skyrocketing, and so was glorious. And so I wanted to be a partner so bad. I just, I tell you, Matthew, I got to be a partner. 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 I got to be a partner today. I've never heard anything like this in all my life. Right now. Right now. Not like no mousy rat. Right now. I got to be a partner. They had little, little, uh, little church envelopes about so big and little wooden pencils in them. Yeah, this goes way back there, doesn't it? <laughs> and you, you could fill that out and put your offering in the little envelope and put the pencil. And I thought, I don't have any money on earth. <sighs> that pencil, that is mine. <laughs> this is my $10. Now, we're in Georgia, and uh, so, and I, when I get to heaven, and I get to heaven, I'm going to meet this woman. I want to know her. I took that pencil, stuck it in the envelope, and put it in the offering container. I'm a partner. Well, I've got to hurry. They've assigned me to drive the car. And he's on the way out. I've got to go. Man, I, and, uh, right, right over here. Right about 
here. Now, she was African-American woman, a bit older than you. I, just young woman. Hey! Hey, you! Yeah, you! <laughs> yes, ma'am. She said, now we in Georgia, you understand? She said, the Lord been aware of what me this whole meeting to give you $10. I said, give it here, lady. Thank you very much. And I chased her. The, the usher down, and I, I got my pencil. I'm a partner. This ministry literally started on a wooden pencil. And that dear, that dear soul that financed this ministry with $10, I've got to know her. She's going to hear me tell this story one day. She's going to say, boy, <laughs> I'm the one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I got home. I said, Gloria, we're partners with Oral Roberts Ministry for $10 a month. She said, Kenneth, where on earth are we going to get $10? I said, sit down here, girl. She hadn't heard the message. So I just started at the beginning, and I preached that partner service. I'm just the best I could possibly remember it. And I said, Gloria, we can have Oral Roberts anointing for $10 a month. <laughs> Faith. Amen. Faith never quits. Yeah, that's awesome. Faith casts all of its care Amen. over on the Lord. I go to sleep by faith. I get up by faith. Now, I didn't do this overnight. I just lay down there. I turn out all the lights and and, of course, Gloria and I, finally, I mean, we prospered enough to get a king-sized bed. Are you kidding me? At first, I didn't like that. But then it worked out. <laughs> so, you know, I'd crawl over there and say, good night, my love. <laughs> and, so, and I just lay back down there. And I didn't know, just, just uh, like this. I don't, I, don't I, I, I say it loud enough for Jesus and I can hear it. And I say, I love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. And I love my neighbor as myself, fulfilling all the law and the prophets. And Lord, like you said, I love the brethren even as you love the brethren, fulfilling the law of love. And by faith, I'm sound asleep right now. 
By faith, I'm fast asleep. Now, as in was the case this morning, I said, and thank you, sir. In the morning, I will wake up a little before 5 o'clock, and I'll be uh, awake and strong and ready to go. Amen. Glory to God. Hardly wait to get to Omaha. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Omaha. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. Hardly wait to get there. Yes, glory to God. Amen. Amen. Now, it started with a pencil. And I wound up flying the fastest civilian jet on the planet. Amen. Now, others, other manufacturers came along and caught up. But uh, still, do 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 do. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Miss Copeland's little boy come right on uptown by faith. Yes, sir. By faith. The faith systems. Now think about this. We talked about physics. We talked about all of these different physical laws. And then there are spiritual laws, which the law of faith, as we said. <clears throat> A 747 would have flown in the Garden of Eden just the same as it does now. Nobody knew what to do with it. God did a number of years ago. There was a an experiment done on college campuses. Oh, dear Lord. Do you think God understands radar? <laughs> and something like 85 or 90 percent of those sweet mental midgets, excuse me, Lord said, well, of course not. Do you know how they, do you know what the basic fundamental was with radar? The bat. The bat. Because in the dark and him blind, yet he doesn't miss. It started with a bat. Praise God. 
God that made the bat is the same God that gave you life and breath. Same God. The basic fundamentals of faith, faith is a spiritual force. It is not a mental force. It is a spiritual force. Spiritual forces are far more powerful than natural forces are. But Lord asked me one time, just, just very plain up, He said, what was the greatest expression of my power? I said, that's simple. When you created the heavens and the earth, he said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, I had no one against me then. He said it was when I raised Jesus up out of hell. That had never been done before, and all of hell was against me. Most of the people were against me. My own people were against me. It had never been done. <clears throat> and he said the key, the key that unlocked that power the key that unlocked that, that awesome, awesome force of power was when Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. He said, that unleashed me to use my faith to raise him up out of that pit. Jesus went further into the pit of hell than any, any before or any, any later. Because he was made to be sin. He was made sickness with our sickness or our curse. And for three days and three nights, And you look at it in the 52nd book of, the, of Isaiah. His visage, his, his form, his look were so marred, he no longer looked human. And that began, he had been whipped and beat so many times. His face was so swollen. I mean, he, did, he, 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 he didn't even look like that human being anymore. But then when he slipped out of that body, it got worse and 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 worse. And all of hell piled in on him. Satan thought he had him. Oh, had he had known, he would have never done it. Never done it. Because he didn't know he was a seed. And all the demons of hell piled on him. Until those words, they're right there in the first chapter of the book of Hebrews. 
For unto which of the angels said he at any time, You're my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, Let all the angels of God worship him. He had been manifest in the flesh. That's when he was born in Bethlehem. But he made alive in the spirit. That's when he was born again in hell. He's the first man to ever be born again. From death unto life. He's the firstborn from the dead. And you and I, he is no longer the only begotten son of God. He's the firstborn from the dead. And we are the, we are the results. We've been born of him now. We've been born of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. Those old things, that old sin nature is gone, thank God. Thank God, gone. It's gone. I said gone. Gone again. <laughs> Whew. God. And all things have become new. And all things are of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, why do we preach so much faith? Well, you can't get born again without it. That's right. You can't please God without it. Hebrews eleven six. It's impossible to please God without faith. Well, and that's, that's what I said earlier. You, you can't please anybody without faith. It's just, uh, you can't. Well, you can't fight the good fight without faith because we fight the good fight of faith. You can't overcome the world without faith because faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, what about... Uh, thanks be unto God who has given us the victory over death. He's given us the victory over hell. He's given us the victory over the grave. He's given us, hey! That's the reason we are the victory channel. Way, 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 way back. I mean, I was preaching in a little North Texas town named Hereford, Hereford, Texas. And this uh, <laughs> little abandoned drugstore we were <laughs> meeting in, and I had all my outlines laid out there, and I, and I was saying, the Lord, I would do this. No, he said, and he said, no, 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 here's what you do. He said, I want you to preach on the victory. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, victory. You know, this is the victory that overcomes the world. He said, yeah. But now he said, there's victory in the new birth. He said, there's victory in uh, being filled with the Spirit of God to overflow. And there's victory in the power of God. You, you have the big 18. Nine fruit of the Spirit. Then nine gifts of the Spirit. 
But when you begin to speak with other tongues, that opened the door to the supernatural. Amen. And those of you that have not um, experienced that yet, don't, don't struggle at it. Come on. Don't struggle with that. It's a gift. Jesus was the gift to the world. The Spirit of God is the gift to the church. It's a free gift. Now, uh, you know, Gloria and I, I, I mean, we didn't know anything. We got born again and and uh, um, she was in uh, October, and uh, I, I was in the uh, first week of November, November the 2nd, 1962. Yeehaw. We'd been married six months. And when we got born again, I'm telling you, we, everything looked good. I mean, she was, she was born in a, in a church that was famous for believing nothing. And, and I, I, yeah. And, and, and I'm, you know, I was raised in Southern Baptist Church, but they never said anything about healing. If they did, I didn't hear it. Well, I, no, I can't say that, really. Uh, they, they did say, uh, let's remember the sick. <laughs> you going to remember me? Hey, <laughs> I'm not judging anybody. My mama was Southern Baptist. But she and my dad messed around and got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And like Brother Hagin said, they got the left foot of fellowship from among the Baptists. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, those Spiritual laws functioning, flowing all the time. 24 hours a day. And this morning, my eyes just popped open. Well, of course, you know, you're going to look at the clock, and then it just sits right there by my bed. And I just looked over there at that clock, and I'm about 10, 15 minutes early, so I thought, hey, this is good. Don't have to hurry. I don't, I don't depend on that. Haven't for, oh my, I don't remember when. Well, Brother Copeland, I'd be late for work. Yeah, you will. You better get you a call. <laughs> but begin to train your spirit. You'll be, you're going to be shocked when you realize that uh, the Spirit, you, the real you, when you become aware of this inner man that's renewed day by day, day by day. Uh, I'll be 84 the 6th of next month, and uh, glory to God. But, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I consider not my own body. Now, 84 years old, but only that which God promised. He promised me 120 years. Yeah. I'm going there. Glory to God. I'm going there. Amen. Now, that, those physical laws, 
never, ever change. The laws of the Spirit never, ever change. We have to change. God never, ever changes. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, the fundamentals of faith Believe it in your heart, then say it with your mouth. Number two, faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. Number three, Abraham's blessing cannot be received with Thomas's faith. Number four, faith calls things that be not as though they were. And number five, faith demands corresponding action. Those are the basic fundamentals of faith. You can't fight the fight without faith. We fight the good fight of faith. Amen. And like I say, it's impossible to please God without it. You can't have victory over the world without it because this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Praise God. And on and on and on. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, Brother Copeland, now common sense, common sense, I like what Bill Winston said. (laughs) He's one of my heroes, I'll tell you. Bill and I have a lot of fun talking about airplanes and all that. Bill is a highly decorated fighter pilot in Vietnam. Most people don't know that. He was a Tuskegee Airman. Yeah, Superman. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Bill thought he was Superman. He wore a Superman T-shirt under his, when he was in gym class for a long time, he he wouldn't take his shirt off. And they made him take his shirt off. The reason he didn't want to take his shirt off because he had a Superman shirt on. Yeah, William S. William Superman <laughs> Winston. Praise God. <laughs> now, why'd you do that? You got me on. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Let's go to the fifth chapter of the book of Mark. <clears throat> Excuse me, please. This fifth chapter of Mark is a day in the life of Jesus. Faith always prepares for what it expects to come to pass. Always. Always prepares. 
<clears throat> it begins, and they came over unto the other side of the Galilee, into the country of the Gadarenes. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. One unclean spirit. One spirit is the one, one spirit possesses one person. Sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against, this is from the low, low level devils up, but against, say it with me, principalities, powers, now listen, rulers of the darkness of this world. That unclean ruler was dominating this man. And wicked spirits in the heavenlies. Those are high-ranking political devils. And you can check that out in the book of Daniel and, and so forth. Had his dwelling among the tombs, no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with, uh, with uh, shackles and chains, and chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken into pieces, neither could any man tame him. Well, this man is skin and bones. I mean, he doesn't sleep. He's a cutter. This is the opposite of Samson. That spirit come on, would come on him and just tire things up. Always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. If there ever was a devil, ever was a man, that Satan could have stopped him from worshiping God would have been this man. How long did it take Jesus to deliver him? Just like. You can be delivered today just like that. Just like that. Same Jesus, same devil. <laughs> Cried with a loud voice, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that you torment me not. For Jesus had said to the man, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is your name? He answered, saying, My name is Legion. We're many. And he besought him that he would not send him away out of that country. Now there was now unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea, where there were about 2,000, and they drowned in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. Where did those clothes come from? <laughs> Jesus, obviously, since he knew 
why he was going over there, he must have said, now listen, we're going to be ministering to a man that's naked and he's, he's in terrible health, skin and bones. Go get him some really nice clothes because I'm going to call him to preach later on today. And we're going to get, go get him some new clothes. Go, go get the finest. We're, we're, going, we're, going to take, we're going to take the best. We're going to take the best over there today. I'm going to call him to preach today. And because of all that fear that's running around over there, you know, boys, perfected love casteth out fear. So I'm going to assign him to go preach compassion. And he preached to Acopolis, the 10 cities just surrounding that area. And you check it out. You check it out. The next time Jesus came, they ran to him because of that man's ministry. But faith took the clothes with him. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. If a member of your house, a son or daughter, I've seen this again and again. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about one person right now. <laughs> Her son was in prison. And uh, so, uh, well, and I had taught on these same things. I said, prepare, get ready, set the place at the table, talk to him and prepare. But so you'll be ready when he comes home. You're, you're not going to down him now because you're believing he's saved. And, and we're, we're, you know, we're going to bind the devil according to what Jesus said. And we're going to pray, Lord, send laborers across his path. You know the one to whom he'll listen. You know the one. And so she did that. Just set a place there every day. And just sit there and talk to him about Jesus and, and, and uh, visit with him about it. And then she, when she would visit him, she didn't, the way I understand it, she didn't say anything to him about it. She just loved him and kept talking to him, you know. And sure enough, sure enough, he got, he got paroled and came home born again and filled with the Spirit. Sat right down at that place at the table. Amen. There was a, a young man he came to me and he said, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> he said, I witnessed to my brother and he won't pay attention to me at all. And so I took him over there at that scripture, you know. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. He and I took hands and I, I got his name and uh, we said, Satan, we bind you. We take authority over you. Remember what Jesus said? If you're going to spoil his house, first bind him. Then pray the Lord of the harvest, send laborers into the field. So, and, and we called his name and said, send laborers across his path. Someone that you, you know he'll, he'll listen to. Two weeks went by, and he called his brother. 
And he said, what'd you do? He said, what do you mean what did I do? You did something. What are you talking about? He said, I, I picked up a, a guy on, on the side of the road. Said he got in the car and he had a Bible that looked like a newspaper or something. And said, he just come in on me talking about Jesus. And they said, well, when he got out of the car and he said, I don't know, it seemed like everybody I talked to, they come up to me and said, have you heard about Jesus? He said, I just wanted you to know whatever it was, it worked. <laughs> See, when you do what the book said, this is, a, this is a covenant book. These are covenant words. First covenant in the blood of animals, then in the blood of man by circumcision, and uh, the second covenant in the sweet blood of God. And we have overcome him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Glory to God. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. These spiritual laws. Now, you come right down through. And so he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things that Jesus had done for him. And the men did marvel. And when Jesus passed over again by ship the other side, just across Galilee there, he was nigh unto the sea, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by, Jairus by name. Now, this synagogue in Capernaum, Jesus' hometown, this synagogue was the same synagogue that the centurion built. Remember this? Now, it's the same place. It's the same, right in the same area. And so they said, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, come. And Jesus is so easy. And, and they say, he said, I'll come and heal him. I don't care who he is. I'll come and heal him. His, his servant, whoever he is, I'll come. He said, no, you don't need to come under my roof. I, you know, I'm, I'm in other words, I'm not a Jew. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy that you come under my roof. You just speak the word only, my servant will be healed. Jesus said, I have not found so great a faith. No, not in all of Israel. And all those disciples were standing right there. And they're thinking, I'm chopped liver, I guess. What was that great faith? Faith in his word alone. No evidence that you just say it. You just say it and he's all right. Great faith. So then he besought him greatly. My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Now Jairus spoke his faith. And that's the last thing he ever said. He didn't say anything else. A certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched the hem of his prayer shawl. Jesus is a rabbi. Professor Greg Stevens teaches First Covenant at Kenneth Copeland Bible College, demonstrated this on television. There are small prayer shawls, and then there are the very large ones. 
And, and Greg studied to be a rabbi. And, and then uh, he demonstrated that. And this hangs way down. It's large. The hem of the garment. That garment was that shawl. Because an Orthodox Jew has been taught that that's where that anointing is. And so she says, if I can just touch that prayer shawl, I will be made whole. I know it, I know it, I know it. She, now listen, she had heard of Jesus. What did she hear? She heard him say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and heal the sick. She heard that. She preached somebody is, is relaying to her. She's, somebody's relaying to her about all the healings, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, dunamis, power, who went about doing good and healing, who went about doing good and healing, who went about doing good and healing, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Yeah, Brother Copeland, but that was Jesus. No, it wasn't. It was God. For God was with him. God is in this room. God is on the inside of you. The word God is a relatively recent phenomenon. It came out of German theology. God. <laughs> and God's Names are vital. His, his, his names. Yehovah, Raha, He, love, is my shepherd. Yehovah, Yira, He sees and provides. Yehovah, Raha, the Lord that heals. Yehovah Sidskanu, He is our righteousness. Yehovah Shalom, He is our peace. Yehovah Shammah, He is present, and He will never leave us nor forsake us. Yehovah Nisi, He is my canopy, my covering, my banner. And the one that this, after whom this church is named. Yehovah Saboath, the Lord of hosts the angelic armies of God. Hallelujah. David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The, the armies of the, the angels are in this fight with me. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Right there in the little book of Malachi, the tithing book, the Lord Saboeth, used 22 times. The Lord Saboeth will pour you out blessings more than you can see any way to use. And like Sister Brenda says, we have tithing rights. Oh yes, we do. Gloria and I learned to claim our tithing rights long, long, long time ago. Long time ago. Bless God, I'm a tither. You take your hand off my baby. 
I'm a tither. You get your hands off of, You get your hand off my money. I'm a tither. No, 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 no. You don't. You don't touch. You don't touch my family. Now you get. Touch my house. Thank you, Jesus. Amen goes right there. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I shall be whole. And straightway or immediately the fountain of her blood dried up and then she felt in her body. She believed it. She said it before she ever felt anything. She was healed of that plague. Immediately knowing in himself that dunamis power had gone out of him turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Now listen. Faith sent him across the Galilee. He came back. Jairus met him at the boat. Fell down before him and said, you come. You lay your hands on her and she'll be healed. So he didn't say anything to him. Now I present this to you. When they, when they excavated Jesus' home, they thought it was Peter's because it was so big, but then they proved that it was his. Now, you remember when the roof was broken up? Read it and be very careful to read it. He said, he was in the house. He was in his own house. It was right there next to the synagogue. He and Jairus obviously were good friends. Now, he raised that young girl from the dead. Two blind men followed him. Now, he left Jairus' house and went to the house. They followed him right in his own house. <laughs> they followed him in there. Amen. Did you know the 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th chapters of Matthew particularly the great teaching on agreement, was there in his own house. Now somebody brought their little children over there and he just reached over there and got that little guy and held him up here while he's, while he's teaching. This thing goes widescreen on you. You, you. you really love it. And he's standing there preaching. This was not a hostile crowd. I used to think they were, but they were not. They came in, they came in there to hear him. They got sidetracked because he said, Son, cheer up. Your sins be forgiven you. This man blasphemes. Who can forgive sins? Well, they just got sidetracked. But read all three accounts of that and put them, put them all together. And then 
the power was there to heal them. Of course it was. Because the greater one was living inside Jesus, and Jesus said at that last covenant meal in the Gospel of John, He said, the words I speak are not my own. It's the Father that dwells within me. He does the works. So, and it said, and, and, I, and I said, Lord, I, in fact, I was teaching this one day, and I said, you know, it's a shame that, that nobody there got healed but that one man. And the, the Lord spoke up and said, who said so? I said, what do you mean who said so? He said, read that again. And they all glorified God because they had seen such marvelous things. He said, it doesn't say how long they glorified me. That's amazing. Somebody ought to shout amen. So, The disciples said, you see the multitude thronging thee. So what happened? Jairus said his faith. Jesus just went with him. Faith stopped him in the street. He turned around and said, who touched me? Faith was telling Jesus what to do that day. And I'll close it with this. Verse 33, the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had done in her, fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. She said it. She believed it. She acted on it. And she testified. That testimony is a powerful, powerful thing. A woman that was in our ministry many years ago, <clears throat> she had had, uh, like to die with her heart. <clears throat> and um, she said that, see, the symptoms start coming back on her. So she just, she had heard, heard me talk about that testimony. And so she said, I just went back to the hospital where, that, where I had been a patient. And I said, would you mind if I go testify and, and, and pray with some, some of the patients in here? No, that'd be just fine. And she said, all the time, the symptoms are, that are, are there. But she said, I'd just walk up and I'd say, I want to tell you now, I was right where you are not long ago. And I had all these symptoms and meant, look at me now. I'm just doing so fine. And she said, I'd be all right for a few days and it'd start in again. And so she said, finally, I went to other hospitals and I'd tell them the same thing. I'd say, I'd say, honey, let me tell you, I tell you, God just, and the doctors did so good, but it was Jesus that healed me. And I'm telling you, I'm doing so fine. And she said, she said, brother Kenneth, I just kept doing that till there were no more symptoms. And she said, I'm symptom free, glory oh. Would you stand with me, please? First of all, I want to thank you for the honor and the privilege of standing behind this holy desk. It has been more than a wonderful time for me. <laughs>
I love you. It's, well, it's beyond my words to tell you how much. The three great honors. One is to be called of God. Number two is to be loved by a godly woman. And number three is to have people of faith to want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> and I'm so honored today to be in this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this congregation and I pray it, it's, it's growing and growing and growing. And praise God, this new sanctuary is growing and growing and growing. And the, the money is flowing and flowing and flowing. Coming into this place and blessing all so many. Blessing all so many. And we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus.